Welcome to the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Well, hello. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Yes. And it's been a nice down day for us, which never happens. So I was <laughs> I was not upset with that. Had well, French toast for breakfast, which is my favorite. That like, was actually pretty good. I mean, I did make it. So what's up? <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to uh, the Heroes Without Capes podcast uh, presented by Aegis Comics of Alaska. And here we are. It's uh, Lou and Amy Joe here. Yes. And, you know, as we continue to go down this, um, because I know some of you haters aren't going to listen to all this. Like, we know some of the haters are going to listen to all of it. But look, I'm just going to say this one time. We're going to get it out of the way. There have been some people who we knew going into this. Not everyone was going to agree with us. And that's okay. That's fine. Here's what I offer to you. You are more than welcome to come on this podcast. I will give you my address. Hell, I will bake cookies. Because we do this at our house. So, like, I will bake cookies. And you can come on here and you can tell us and show us where we're wrong. Bring your evidence. Bring your proof. Prove that all the things that we're talking about is false. And, you know, you can do that. And here, I'll even do one better for you. I'll even, I'll even sweeten the pot just a little bit. For those of you standing behind your fake Facebook names or all that other stuff you want to say online, I won't even talk about any of your many indiscretions because we know our board witness to several of them. <laughs> we won't talk about those. We will only talk about the stuff that's been here on the podcast so far. So maybe that's an option for you. Or as you said the word coward, you could just continue to be a coward and do that. It's up to you. Balls in your court. And there you have it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And there you have it. Uh, I suspect they're not going to take your offer, but it is what it is. We I even offered it. to bake cookies, so no one can say I was being bitchy about it. I offered to bake cookies, and we know I'm a good cook, so there's that. <laughs> but in all honesty, like the only other thing I'm going to say about that, we knew there was going to be some haters out there. It's fine. Thanks for the views. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, like that's... That's what this is, is we're, we're here to create conversation. We are here to start the dialogue. We are here to bring a point, things that happened to us, to you, to others that were negative and affected you guys and us negatively. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we have a, um, I, I will say some of the, the uh, uh, the stuff that's happened as a result of the show, uh, people are starting to come forward. Yeah, uh, people are uh, they're happy that we're saying the things that we're saying because it's stuff that they feared saying. Yeah, and hundred percent understand. Uh, they saw what happened to to me. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I I can't afford. You know, Lou, you're you know you you have a support network. You have a a personality and you come from a background where you can survive something like this. I don't think right. that we can survive something like this if yep. they turned on us. 100% understand that. And I do not expect people 
to sacrifice their retirements or uh, what's left of their careers. Yeah, they uh, got five years left. Like, yeah. you know what? Finish out them five years. If I could uh, say that to anyone, mm-hmm. it would be, look, I know stuff yeah. really sucks. Finish out your five years. Yeah, we'll 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 do the talking. We'll do the talking for you. Yeah, we well, got you. we got you. <laughs> like we yeah, got thick yeah. skin. Like yeah, it's yeah. fine, you know. And it's though our forum may have changed from what our original mission set out to be was, you know, with the, the lawsuit and everything else. Our forums changed, and we're here now, yep. and that's okay. It's just another avenue for us to talk about this stuff. And a lot of these things, you know. They're things that everyone has seen, but no one has known what to say or how to say it. Yeah. And we're going to be that voice. I mean, at least of the stuff that's happened to us. Well, uh, I do want to put out real quick uh, before we continue uh, just some housekeeping uh, for the, the trooper spouses out there or girlfriends uh, that have been the victim of domestic violence by a trooper or by a, a, a someone wearing a badge, please know that the so-called thin blue line has nothing to do with protecting those people. No. I promise you that there are people out there that will believe you and will fight for you. I Even promise. Don't give hasn't. up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Do not give up. And for the trooper uh, in particular that this is about, uh, although there's a couple, I want you to give you a a cautionary tale. We already saw what happened to Garrett Willis, and he thought he was protected by daddy, and that all came forward um, to this trooper. Listen, brother, uh, I understand PTSD. I understand uh, being deployed I understand uh, the uh, demons that come with that. No excuse to lay hands on your woman, especially in front of your child, because your children do see that stuff. That's not please, please don't let me find out that you're still putting hands on that woman, because uh, there's going to be repercussions for that. Don't be putting hands on your woman. Go get some help. If you need help in the department, You've got Troy Shuey, you got uh, Earl James, you got all these people that have dedicated their life to helping others, uh, that uh, they have that Soldier's Heart program. I was going to say, don't they still have that program? It's available? Soldier's Heart. It's yeah. Soldier's Heart. And uh, so they will, they will help reach you out with to everything. Them. And they have. If uh, you don't know where to start, reach out to us. We will find out who it is that you need to get in contact yeah. with. I will throw that out there. Reach out to us. We we will figure out who to get you in contact yeah. with, even though we're not a part of the department anymore. Yeah, we still have friends in the it's department. Not okay. We have and we have friends, uh, uh, obviously, in the mental health area that could help you. If you're a veteran, I can put you in contact with yeah. veterans, uh, uh, social services that'll help you out. There but are programs available. There's no excuse. Don't become the animal. That you've been fighting your whole life. Don't be putting hands on your woman. And don't, don't do go. It. And don't go with that thought of, well, this is the way it was. You know, man can't go to therapy and all that. Fuck that. Pardon my language, but fuck that. Mm-hmm. It is 2022, people. <clears throat> it is okay to talk about mental health, and it yeah. is okay to go get mental health help, and it is okay to have that outlet of therapy. Right. That is okay. That's right. All right. So. So there. We'll, that's we'll, all we have to say about that's that. That's all for we now. have to say about that. <laughs> uh, 
Moving remember on. you can remember you can always reach out to us. Yes. Uh, we are always yeah. available. We are so always. You available. guys know how to find us. Uh, cowards don't hide behind fake uh, Facebook names or anything else. You guys know where to find me. Yeah, we I'm, we I'm stand always and out, we I'm stand always out here. there. Yeah, I'm always out there. You Our guys know where to find changed. me. Like yeah. my number hasn't changed. Yeah, you guys like, know, know how, how to get a hold of me. Us, so yeah, nobody's hiding. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> The irony behind that. Was yeah, just the irony funny. behind that too. But anyway, and, and uh, uh, you know what? There's one other thing I have to say, and I promise we'll move on to our thing, which is this: um, you cannot, if you're a witness to it, you cannot be a coward. I'm getting tired of hearing about these cowardly acts of you know people that are actually seeing people being taken advantage of, and they're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we'll be speaking more in detail about that on the next episode, and there'll be some people that I'm going to call out that uh, I, I suggest at this point you should just submit your retirement papers or uh, resign because uh, you guys, if you know who, who who you are and you know what I'm going to say, so we'll save that until next weekend. We have a VIP that's going to be here on the show, so uh, we'll save next that week, until next as week. Long as, yeah, goes, as long as everything goes the way it's supposed to yeah. go. They do have some potential issues that they're going to run into, but I th- yeah, hope that yeah, all clears up. Be yeah. Here, yeah. All right. So, what are we going to talk about this week? This is uh, uh, you know why I kind of you and i start dating right uh we get introduced uh through a mutual friend mutual friend told you to ask me out and the best decision i've ever made in my life hitting me with that thumbs up on facebook messenger as you say bitches can't say no to the thumbs up (laughs) it's our joke now but honestly Mm. like legit he hit me with a thumbs up you know and it worked i will say that uh uh, i'm so happy uh that uh not just I fell in love with you, but uh, uh, the kids fell in love with you because that was big. Because my uh, my kids hated everyone that I dated after their mom. They hated everyone. They would not approve of anyone. Period, and and rightfully so. You know, they 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 have a an investment in who I'm with, and people that think otherwise. All three of them, uh, you know. and our three grandbabies. All of them are amazing, yeah. and I'm a lucky person to be involved in their well, life. Well, they love you. They've treated you like bonus mom. and uh, I ain't trying to what, be their mama. I'm their uh, bonus mama. Yeah, and, and they know that. And uh, so with that being said, uh, I told you when we first started dating, you know, that uh, I, love, I love wearing the uniform. And uh, I was going to transfer out to the bush to be a sergeant out in the bush. You had just put in for the Dillingham Post. You didn't know if you were going to get it, but But you had put in in for for it it when we started dating. Because I I felt that I could make a change again. I started uh, the main portion of my career being a real trooper uh, was out in Bush, Alaska. You know, um, when you think about it, there's only a certain group of people in the military that fit that description, that job description, where we drop you off in a remote location with no resources, just a backpack and you have clean underwear and they ask you to jump into this community, win the hearts and souls of the community and protect it with your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, only people I know that do that are green berets and other special forces units and with the troopers, we do it 
with no specialized training in four wheelers or snow machines. No, none. There's no training for that. You, you you learn it, you know, on the fly while out there. And we drag our loved ones out there with us on top of that. Yeah. That's the biggest difference is that we bring our families out into those areas. And uh, our kids have to assimilate into those communities as well mm-hmm. and uh, get accepted by those communities and win those communities over. So it's the entire household's involved. Yeah. And I started my career, for those of you that are watching the video portion of this, which is only available on Spotify, I have some slides up right now. But, you know, first picture is me. Uh, I landed in uh, Selowick. And there I am on the four-wheeler with my bags. And, For those uh, that don't know, Selawick being such a remote community, um, those boardwalks are what kind of connects everyone's houses in the different areas. So yeah. because of the way the tundra is and, and the way the ground is everything, that's why there's that boardwalk with the kid and him on the four-wheeler on it. Just maybe people don't understand that's how the yeah. those those communities are made up. And all these pictures that I'm showing you right now were taken by the Washington Post. Uh, there was a Washington Post reporter that was with me. And, uh, you know, there's a... a you know, communicating with elders and, and, you know, a lot of elders would tell me, including the elder in this photo here, that the only time they slept well in the village was when we were there, was mm-hmm. when the troopers were there actually doing their jobs, not hanging out in the at the apartment or at the school hiding, mm-hmm. you know, actually out in the community doing the job, uh, doing the job, following up with people. And man, you know, I, I got to make fun of myself because uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I slept with that Stetson on, you know. At the, no, I joke <laughs> with people all the time that you would have slept with the Stetson if I let you in bed when we first got together. Oh, my God. So, you know, this is all Selwick, uh 2009. And, uh, uh, you know, whether you were communicating with them at the native store or in their homes, you know, mm-hmm. you uh, you stopped and listened and heard what they had to say because these guys, you know, these were the heroes without capes of the community. These were the right. people, you know, that were willing to help. That were willing to help, and... you know. And you know, when you land in the village, depending on the relationships you make, determine on whether or not you're going to be making a long, lonely walk into the village with your backpack on, or you're going to have a community member who's so excited that you're out there, come and meet you at the airport mm-hmm. every time, feed you a warm meal, you know, yeah, become your family, Yep, become your family. I will be completely indebted to the Ticket family and the Snyders and the Ramos and, you know, uh, the Ballot family, the people that uh, made me feel like I was a member of their family. I will forever be in debt to them. Uh, when I was at my lowest, when I was in, the most danger they were the first ones to come out and and, and have my back so th- that. Th- this is you know uh what i was dragging you into and then here's a uh with vpo Raymeth out there earl you know i i don't think people understand the sacrifice that these guys have to make when they're out there because they're helping me arrest their cousins and high school friends, friends. And, yeah family. and then when i fly out a couple of days later they're still there they have to live in the community living in the, the yeah. community and facing the repercussions and people are mad you shouldn't have turned in you know yeah, our so uncle and so, or, or whatever yeah. and you know uh, they're the first ones to respond to these suicides and they're mm-hmm. the first ones to respond to these murders and these rapes because so, who knows when you're yeah. going to be able to get out there exactly and especially when you've got 
a state that manages or mismanages the budget of the Department of Public Safety as bad as it does. And then you have poor leaders like, you know, Brinky and Wilson that treat the money, uh, they treat it, they treat that whole situation as uh, a promotional opportunity. You know, every time they save a dollar, it's a promotional opportunity. Not only that, they treated us like we should be grateful because we were making Bush money, so we should just shut up. Yeah. And go about our day. You know, uh, I appreciate Bush duty out in Kivalina. How many people do you know get to take a picture next to a whale spine? You know? All I can think about is the Ron Burgundy. Um, <laughs> I think it means a whale's. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> San Diego. Yeah. San Diego. <laughs> Sorry. That but, was uh, so off topic, <clears throat> but I could not help myself. Well, uh, you had the courage to come out to Dillingham with me. And, you did. Uh, you asked me to go on an adventure with you, and I told you I would. And my job was to uh, maintain relationships and to create uh, an operational law enforcement uh, uh, presence throughout the Bristol Bay. I supervised everything from And there was a lot of things Dillingham broken the there that the, needed yeah. to be fixed. And a lot, a lot of, of broken fences that needed to be mended. There was a lot of that, and not to mention our broken-ass house before we even got there. uh, Here's a photo of me with the Dillingham Police Department doing joint training, and these guys, uh, I didn't treat them like a separate agency. I treated them like family. They they were. In fact, our son worked for them at one point as a correction officer. They were our family. uh, They they, are our family. They they still are. And, you know, the the Dillingham Police Department... uh, this photo was taken right after Wilson had cut off all dispatch funding to their dispatch center mm-hmm. that was providing us with dispatch services. Because it's not like critical. you can radio into Ketchikan from Dillingham when you need to run someone or There's something. no repeaters. There's no repeaters. So correct me if I'm wrong, you brokered a deal with DPD That's that correct. you would provide them with backup if they still continued to provide the amount of dispatch services, dispatch. which it's not like you guys were calling in all day, every day. It was like, hey, we're out. We're getting ready to 1080 someone, or I'm sorry, we're getting ready to arrest someone. Can you just make sure there's none of, you know, something? And and so you <laughs> brokered that deal that you said you would be, that troopers would always be their backup when right. needed. And they were doing it for free and it was and it was and you told and it was a deal that was yeah. signed by Andrew Greenstreet the major so it wasn't like a mystery yeah and i was like they knew that you brokered that deal they were fine with it yeah we had to get their radio we had to get their radio frequency their codes loaded into our radio so that we could yeah. speak to them and and it was totally okay everyone was good with that deal i i say that for a reason on and i'll circle back to it later but just so everyone knows like that was the deal that was brokered um was to be their backup and there's a reason for it and, and this is after they got screwed over policing. and we cut them yeah it was good policing and that's good and this goes into agencies all over the place why we all have to fight with one another i'll never understand when you have two dispatch centers in the same borough why do you fucking fight tooth and nail forever when for the longest time people tried to broker some form and harbor some form of a relationship but it's just like we're gonna hate each other that 
what happened in Dillingham is what you want to have happen. You want two departments to come together and work so wonderfully together mm -hmm. that it's not us looking down on them like, oh, those lowly city cops, da-da-da. You guys were, you were completely braided together. Now, what allowed for that deal to happen was that the Dillingham PD con consisted of people that were not only like-minded, but also like-hearted, that they, they wanted the same... They were community the same, policing They were community well. policing. This photo I have up here was at our uh, Coffee with Cops events. Uh, oh APD God, had been so baby. success. I had seen so much success with their Coffee with Cops. I decided I'm going to do that out in Dillingham. Uh, we were the first... Uh, uh, West Alaska the detachment to do it. The only times uh, that we ever saw it. the whites of your lieutenant's eyes in actual town. Well, the only time the lieutenant would come out is if he could get credit for something. Exactly. Like this, he right? showed up for yeah. this. Yeah, he, he didn't showed show up for, for nothing he else. Show up for anything he showed else. Up for he showed up for this. So, which was funny, but but whatever. here's the community. There's people here whose kids we've arrested, mm -hmm. whose kids we've had use of force with, and yet they came out and they drank coffee with us. And we had shared. such a wonderful relationship. There was a church group that baked cinnamon rolls and donated them to us it was the youth group mm -hmm. there was the coffee shop that donated the coffee That's right. um we had tide it water was, coffee right tide, it was uh yeah chanel yeah um, tide water coffee and they they helped us with the coffee part of it um i was there we ended up i don't remember where we got that tent from we borrowed it from somewhere uh, we borrowed it from uh, uh dpd and yeah. everyone came together. There at one point was probably over 50 people there, which for that's a, a lot small for, that's a village, lot for, yeah. that was an incredible amount of people. And this lady came with this little baby, and he had the Where the Wilds thing um, book, the little crown that the kid wears in that book. He had one of those knitted, and he was wearing it, and it was so cute. And I got to hold him. Sidebar. Yeah, we, uh, the troopers assigned to us the ones that I was responsible for their safety, their training, their well-bearing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Good uh, old the, uh, their, uh, their well-being, their housing. I was their advocate. Mm. There's no PSEA out there. I'm PSEA for them out there. Because PSEA, the PSEA didn't do housing. Yeah. Trust even me, though even us. though it's in the contract. Even they though didn't it's in the housing. contract. Even though per the contract, we're supposed yeah. to have a standard of living yeah, they, that they, they are supposed to advocate and ensure mm -hmm. that we have a particular standard. And I say this specifically, that that standard, that line, is mm -hmm. very easily blurred. Oh, yeah. And depending on who you are, yeah. they're either going to fight for you or they're not. Well, it was our job to establish the family relationship out there to make sure that the guys and their family knew that... Uh, they were not abandoned. And they could come to us. They could come to us and that we were going to fight for them. Because <clears throat> when you're trying to protect the community, the last thing you want to do is be worried about who's protecting their family and who's right. protecting their housing and their pets and their well-being. And that's the department's job. So the hat that I wore as the sergeant was I had to also protect mm -hmm. them and their housing and their families and, you know, Make sure that it was free of shenanigans, you know, because right. some we know some commanders that took that to, oh, that means I'm supposed to sleep with their wife, right? No, no, you piece no, of shit. Dummy. No, no, that's yeah. not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you're supposed to take care of the family without being inappropriate, you jackass. Yeah. But, you know, these are the people it's that are promoting into higher ranks. But anyway, at their rank. yeah, so 
we uh you know in this unless picture we're, we're processing uh uh what unless we're talking about i said you can't stare at their rack unless we're talking about a moose rack oh there you go that's the only time it's okay <laughs> Jesus Christ. i wanted to clear that up make sure <laughs> not the... all right so uh it was funny <laughs> you know uh, we would process fish together. We would go out would, and drop a net out yep, and we'd process fish. And, and it was and, a family affair. And everybody, everybody uh, uh, oh, got fish. Yeah, Gordon. Uh, we, uh, Freshest fish fresh, you're never going to get. Fresh salmon. We just watched right. a video. Uh, uh, Called uh, F That's Delicious. Yeah. And uh, they were and at they Pike's Market. They were at Pike's Market. And what we're eating right now for free in this video, uh, people were paying how much? It was $150 a pound for Copper River Reds. Yeah, we, we were just eating that like it was going on a yeah. style. They were talking for... about king salmon and all this other stuff. It was it was yeah. insane. Honestly, I really wish I could figure out how to like take all of our fish down there and be like, I'll sell it to you guys for a deal. 70, $74.99. <laughs> $74.99. You know, I'll, I'll cut them in half. Uh, well, you know, we were... Uh, um, so I bring you out to this horrible housing it flooded before i even got there yeah the entire sewage Our son had flooded. to figure out the plumbing and uh i want to be uh very clear that the department did nothing to correct that you know wilson uh roberts uh roberts their whole thing was bro that's not it. you need to deal with that that's that's why you get paid what you get paid i'm like my house is flooding. You're charging me full rent. You're charging me almost two thousand dollars yeah. a month. The toilet is backing up, and we're it not is, even taking a shit in it. It's no, just, it's just backing, backing up. On backing and, up. and our son, thank God, had graduated from a plumbing school uh, uh, with Job Corps. A big plug for uh, Job Corps. Oh, such a good program. But. Um, the school <clears throat> is who lent us the equipment. The school came to the rescue. It was the school, the 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 uh, uh, Bristol Bay School District came to the rescue, provided us with the tools that we needed, and I remember I felt like at one point the basement's flooding now with sewage water, and I'm thinking, God, you know, we I remember apologizing, yeah, and you, and I'm like. Man, I'm I'm dragging you out to this turret. I'm so you sorry. You called me and you were like, if you don't want to come, I understand. And I was yeah. like, a little flooding doesn't scare me. Now, granted, the house, the house, you know, have what I know now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I still would have gone, but the house was definitely, yeah, the you know, house, you know, less there was a reason why uh, the previous sergeant didn't occupy downstairs. He wouldn't let his children sleep downstairs. They all lived upstairs. Mm -hmm. And it was because the downstairs would flood like that and all the time. And it had mold and there was asbestos, all this stuff that wasn't disclosed to us. Not that the previous sergeant knew about them. I don't think he knew about the mold. He just knew that it was unsafe to be yeah, down there. Yeah, he just there. knew it was unsafe to be down there. But while and, we were there, we dealt with mold on multiple mm -hmm. occasions. I washed the walls with straight bleach and I couldn't get ahead of the mold um come to find out there was asbestos and as your captain so lovingly said to us in a joking term that <laughs> all houses in western alaska have asbestos and we need to just deal with it yeah. um had i had known beforehand that my house was full of asbestos i wouldn't have poked a bunch of holes in the wall to hang up pictures and try to make it look like i don't know a home um so that was mm -hmm. nice 
Um, not to mention that nothing was done to code there at all. The living- I'll, I'll, I'll be getting to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be getting oh, to that. Oh, but that, I just want to do a quick plug for that right there. Mike Bergmeyer made that for me. I found one on the internet and I couldn't get it shipped to Alaska. So I sent him a picture and I said, hey, I want to make you um, a stand for when you're on standby. So all your stuff could be ready and waiting for you when you're on standby. And he made that for me in like two days. And then we shipped it out on cargo, and I got to surprise you, I think, for your birthday? Yeah, and we kept this hanging right next... It, 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 it was... It stood right next to the bed. It's right behind me now. If you're yeah. watching this, it's it's this right here. And yeah, so it. It, uh, he put my uh, my perm ID, my badge number, basically, on it, and mm-hmm. uh, the, the the blue line flag uh, is... Uh, is on the very top. You guys can't top. see it. It's that tree. But... Uh, uh, it was because waking up at one, two, three, four in the morning mm-hmm. to someone screaming for help and, you know, catch a can dispatch or Dillingham dispatch forwarding you a call at that time in the morning. Uh, you had a, I remember having to scramble to find my notebook and find a light and try not to wake you up, even though you were getting woken up. And, and finding you know, a light was interesting in our room because we didn't have any outlets. Yeah. So we had to have an extension cord. Yeah. So this thing, I was able to charge my radio. I was able to uh, keep everything in one spot. So I would just wake up. It'd be on my side of the bed. I could take my notes, if you're throw watching, my uniform on, and then immediately haul ass to whatever I had to go to. If you're watching, you can see the extension cord in the bottom. Oh, I have more pictures. Yeah. But yeah. I just just to point out the extension cord life that we lived yeah. in so our bedroom. Oh. There's the mold. Uh this was in every room in the house, per, no, uh, but mostly downstairs. That was in the kids' room. Yeah, because upstairs and the and the bathroom had mold. There was mm-hmm. mold all the over the place. Because the fans yeah. didn't work with the junk. Right. And, you know, Brittany Patsky and them were like, well, you still owe us rent, though. Yeah, but and they're not yeah. landlords, so they don't actually have to fix anything. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not landlords, but they collect rent. Yes, it, it doesn't but they're not landlords. Way. They're very so, clear on that. Mold in the windows. and oh. Here is a photo of... So to get power into our, our master bedroom, a hole was drilled through the wall of an adjacent room that had outlets. And then we had to run an extension cord into our master bedroom. And mm-hmm. that's how... With like a power yeah. strip. And that's how we had power in our bedroom. See, the whole thing, how we were able to start getting things fixed was, I mean, we the last sergeant he just got tired of it he got got tired tired of of sending emails to wilson that wilson wouldn't answer and you know because wilson's never lived yeah he's never in bush alaska and his wife said they would never go out to uh, to bush alaska so he doesn't understand and nor does he give a shit right he's and this sergeant just got tired of it because he was like look i'm gonna end up punching this guy in the face Uh, i'm gonna end up getting fired so let me just i'll just transfer and me when I would see this kind of stuff, I would CC everyone. I CC'd the commissioner's office on this because this is unsatisfactory. I made mm-hmm. sure that the colonel, the commissioner, uh, my lawmakers knew about this stuff because there was no way I was going to allow this to happen. And, and this is what I... finally, you know, uh, here's the cord running through the hole there. Yeah. And this is when I when I brought up earlier that the per the union contract, there is a standard of living that is supposed to be provided to everyone. That includes a garage as well as, you know, a safe 
home, we did not have that. Here's an example of that. So the downstairs, one of the reasons that the sergeant with his kids didn't have anyone living downstairs was because there was no emergency egress. The windows downstairs uh, would fill up with snow. And, and freeze. Then, and, and freeze. So if there was a fire, they couldn't get out. So they And if it rained, that's where the water would come in. That's where you'd see the mold. Yeah, so they... Uh, oh, there's our dog. Yeah, well, I, I bring the, uh, I bring this up because uh, 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 when they did the construction... Uh, they started to fight about who had to do the construction in yeah, the middle of it. Yeah, right in the middle of the repairs, they were like, well, DOT needs to repair it. No, DPS needs to repair it. No, who owns this thing? And so our, our, our yard was tore up like that for over a month. And one in of the our summer, elder do- uh, our elder dog, our eldest dog, our eldest dog fell in one of the holes, and uh, it led to medical her, issues. Her it, it, declining quite yeah, quickly. So She's the, this was her Mishka oh, here, my baby. Yeah, who ended up dying afterwards? You know, and we, you know, it, our lawyers sent a letterhead to them because the union wasn't going to do anything about no, it. No, and so we our finally didn't a, start a getting letterhead. anything fixed until we got private representation. Yeah, once our lawyers started getting involved, that's when they started rebuilding all this stuff. And then and, all of a sudden, people showed up to do the work. Yeah, it was because this is what the egress is weird. supposed to look like there. But once again, they didn't put an awning over. Yeah, it. there was no awning, so in the wintertime, that was just going to fill build up, up with snow. snow. And no, don't get me wrong. There's a ladder there. It's done correctly, except that they just didn't, didn't the finish covering. the job. They, they, the, oh, those stairs. The stairs. So the downstairs is where the washer and dryer were. And the other bedrooms. And, and the other bedrooms. You can see where the stairs aren't to code. And with that carpet, they are slick and they are very close together. And I don't know if anyone can actually... It's hard to see in this picture, but they no, are they're very tiles. steep. They're very steep and they're oh, very oh, close oh. together. So yeah, when so, you if you miss your step at all, and and they're short, they're not they're oh, not the stairs long out. They're about, yeah. short. Mm-hmm. The stairs you miss, you're going down the whole entire thing. Ask me how I know that. I fell from the very top of those stairs all the way down, slid on my ass all the way down, going to go do laundry one time because my heel just missed because it their stairs were so short, and I fell all the way down the stairs. You weren't home, and I didn't tell you about it because I knew you'd be pissed. <laughs> I would have beat the brakes off of Wilson and and, and the Roberts stairs. You would have you would have just destroyed the stairs. Right I had then no and there. idea. I would have fucking flown to Anchorage and got in a fist fight with those two idiots. Because swear to God, and it was one of those things. I knew it wasn't going to change. So it our was... our, uh, our son-in-law fell down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just. I think all of our kids fell down those stairs at one point. The mover fell down the stairs. Yeah, the mover. He was like, "What the heck is up with these stairs?" He yeah. was not not thrilled with them. And, um, uh, they and, were horrible. Uh, those and those that tile carpet that they threw. There's no there's no padding. The that's time. after it flooded the second time. They replaced it with the. That this is essentially like carpet. this. Um, it's essentially it's tile. Carpet. It's office, it's office carpet. So like it's be- made to where you can just remove a couple tiles here and there, and then. Mm put the new ones down because it was all messed up. They had to fly DOT electricians out. DOT electricians out to fix our electrical which And you never see how was. they do the electrical, they had to do external conduits cuz it's asbestos. So mm-hmm. and they had to fly special con- they had to fly a specialist in to be able to put the conduits in because with the asbestos. asbestos. Yeah. And they couldn't ever get someone to come out and do it. And so our electrical on that particular side of the house was always at risk because the house wasn't made to code over there and it would flood and leak and it would leak by that electrical box. Yeah. So the uh, 
So then they finally came and put in some electrical boxes in our bedroom, but they yeah. had to have someone special come in and do it because of the asbestos and how I should have just, you know, kept my mouth shut because you should be fine with living in in asbestos. Uh, and then they put that that uh, that carpet tile that has no insulation. So what's kind of funny about that, you know, we if our kids are listening, we're sorry. Yeah, we you can hear everything through that carpet. So when we were being so when we were, when we were being a married couple, when we were hopping on the good foot doing the bad thing, you could hear everything. Yeah. Now for the commanders at headquarters, that you can't explain something to that like that to them because you know. They don't. They don't have relationships at home. They all have, you know, their extramarital affairs with their admin clerks, you know, at headquarters. So it's not like they or understand. The case, yeah, yeah. It's not like they understand of that this, or anything else. You know? They're not going <laughs> to take it seriously. If you're a deputy commander, or commander, uh, uh, having a relationship with your admin clerk right now, amen. Now would probably be a good time to start considering uh, new life choices. I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying. That's a good idea. Because maybe, maybe you'll think about us and the people that are out in, in housing like this. You know, and you'll actually start putting two and two together instead of thinking so, one-dimensionally and right. selfishly. So, so to circle back to this one. <laughs> that was my fuck you. I'm I know. Sorry. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to bring it but back. But it's true. It's true, though. One of the things that I got told as the sergeant's wife was I needed, because I complained about the housing, I sent communication that this stuff was not okay and that things needed to, you know, be dealt with. And I got told, now granted, he didn't do it in an email because though he is stupid, um, his idiocy is anything, but I got told by Captain Wilson that I needed to not complain about the housing and not complain to the other wives about it because I needed to be the example of just dealing with the housing we were given so that they didn't complain. Yeah. I'm sorry, but not just no, hell fuck no. I was I am out in a community. I should be I am forced to live in this home. We didn't have a choice. Nope. That was the sergeant's house. For anyone that says, well, if you guys didn't like that house, go somewhere else. We couldn't. It's in the contract. It is in the contract. That is where the sergeant lives. It doesn't matter if I've got 18. Well, it would matter if I had 18 kids. Then you can start to argue it. But we had to live in that house. We didn't have a choice. if If we wanted to get our own home, per the contract, we would still be obligated to pay for the rent Mm-hmm. For the sergeant house. And and so when I talk about earlier, when I talked about how the union in the contract, it states that we are supposed to have this particular standard of living. None of that standard was available in that house. And we were never afforded that, nor did we have anyone give us the time of day mm-hmm. to fight for that. And we got told pretty quickly from the beginning on, this is not something that's going to happen. Look, you guys are out there. You're going to need to just buck up and deal with it. And a lot of it I can deal with. I'm not saying that I'm some pretty little princess that has to have all this other stuff. But if I'm paying over $1,800 a month for a house, I expect it not to flood. I expect to be able to breathe in the house without worried about getting asbestos related, whatever. We've all seen those infomercials at two o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I should be expected to have that standard of living that I don't even pay that much now for a brand new home that I'm in. Well, DOT 
made it very clear to us that the rent for that house was for DOT employees would have been $300 a month. Yeah, explain to me the difference there. DOT, also a state agency, also people that are out living in these communities. Mm-hmm. How is it there a $1,500 difference? Right. And telling me that the state, which, here we go, let's open up this can of worms. You're going to tell me that I owe you $1,800 a month for a house that you own outright. There's not a mortgage you're paying. Nope. There's not a, there might be taxes, but I'm sure it's modified. Mm -hmm. But on a home and land that you own outright and you are making a profit off of our rent that I cannot get you to come and fix the things that are broken in my home that I pay rent to, I need someone to explain that to me. And for everyone out there that's listening, everyone who thinks they know, everyone who's high up in PSEA and all that other bullshit, explain that to me. Explain how none of you fought for me. Explain how none of you showed up to make sure that our standard of a house, I had no garage. I don't need a garage. I'm born and raised Alaska. I can go shovel snow off my car, but I'm supposed to have one. Okay, so here's here's what you do for that. If your home is not up to standard, if you don't have this, if you don't have that, if you don't have that, I have a solution for you. Start knocking off the fucking rent. It's in the contract to knock it off. And they didn't. And they didn't. And uh, uh, it's interesting that you say that because it proves just some of the corruption involved at the state level. If that we the were fact that they else. were making a profit because we knew for a fact when they all did the research, they being, uh, it was uh, Major Laughlin at the time, the housing, DOT, they determined that that house had been purchased from the Federal uh, uh, Forestry Service for mm-hmm. $1. For one dollar, so they, they owned floated it. Floated it down the river. They owned it for one dollar. They floated it. It was an old cannery house that they mm-hmm. floated. They they floated down the river, installed there, mm-hmm. and that house was was sold to the state of Alaska for one dollar. And over the years, people had done different modification. There used to be a carport. That carport that you guys saw on the slide before had been walled in wasn't even at all it was all sorts of uneven and the one corner would flood all the time Mm -hmm. and that's you know we were constantly having to have fans out all this other stuff but but that's that's my point of you know there's there was a standard and we were supposed to be given that standard and we weren't and i should have known from back then that everything that we ended up going through from november of 2016 should have just that should have just been an indicator because it all depends on who you are on who they're going to fight for because they have the they have the option to choose. Well, and I'll get into that later about PSA having the option to choose who they want to represent and who they don't want to represent, but we we'll, I digress. We'll get into that well, later. We you know, uh I have had this picture up this entire conversation. This is a uh, my assigned patrol vehicle. Uh you see the damage on the front end there. That's the damage that uh uh Chung Chan and uh the ADA Pamela Dale told the judge the vehicle sustained no damage, mm-hmm. and there was no uh, restitution. There was no, there was no for restitution the, for the repairs. Yeah, there wasn't any. Uh, I can assure you that I didn't do that. Yep, they would have written me up if I would have done that. that yeah, was, you would have done that. That was part of that was part of the, uh, so the pursuit. So November sixteenth, I am on that. stamp. I'm on standby. And uh, 
So this is what where I everything normally do. Started everything. Yeah, so this is what started everything. Is November sixteenth, twenty sixteen. Yeah. So I. Uh, uh, for those that don't know, that have made a lot of assumptions, we're going to start the story for you. Here's November sixteenth, twenty sixteen. So, <clears throat> at this point, I've already made several complaints about the DA and stuff, and it, because I have an obligation to relay mm-hmm. what the troops are telling me. Hey, and the victims. You know, at the MDT Absolutely. and everything else, saying, "Hey, man, we're not getting any justice. There's no prosecutions out here. It's like it's like the DA and the state hate Alaska natives." All right, I get it. Let's see what we can do. Uh, we do things the appropriate way. November sixteenth, we're shorthanded as usual in the bush because when you see our housing, when you got a guy out in King Salmon whose house keeps catching fire, you know, uh, I mean, these are things that. The troopers out in the field, irregardless of whether Wilson or Roberts or any of these guys tell you to shut up and don't tell anyone, of course we're going to share with people, hey man, the housing out here is fucked up. So you can't get people to come out there. So we have a troopers transferred out. We haven't got a fill for them. I have one trooper on leave, I believe. So that left me with one trooper on uh, who was available for backup. And then I had the two troopers out in uh, uh, King Salmon. Um, and one up in uh, Twin. And one up in uh, Togiak. No, I don't think Togiak. Oh, was Togiak open already by well, then? I can't I remember forget. if Togiak was open or not. I feel <clears throat> but, like they were, but maybe not. I think they were. So no one is in driving distance to me except for maybe one trooper. Anyway, when I do standby, just having done standby for so many years, I get it that things are about to happen, so I should probably be ready. Yep. So uh, I tend to stay late at the office i never put it on my time card you know the the union and everyone tells you don't do that but you know if you love your community and you 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 love the people you work for you start making sacrifices once you become a, a supervisor right and i've been doing that since i was in the military hard habits die hard right yeah uh anyway uh i'm in uniform i, I stay late at the office as usual because i'm working schedules and getting reviewing reports and doing all kinds of stuff i decide the cozy and uh his wife at the time invite me for dinner and uh they invite me to eat pizza over at uh the wood river i think a wood river, wood river grill, grill or, or, wood or whatever river it was pizzeria or whatever. that place used to make me laugh because that place would just smoke out man yeah. <laughs> whenever they made the wings were delicious pizza was awesome but man they would just fill this whole place up with smoke i was like ah, screw it so i go in there i'm in uniform and uh, uh, like I said, I'm on standby. I was up on the slope. You know? I was, uh, when all this started, I was flying off slope that day for something else. But you were going to a funeral. Yeah, I was headed into town for a funeral. Yeah. So. But I was not anywhere near Dillingham. Oh, yeah, yeah. You weren't in Dillingham. No. You were You were out of town. Yeah. Uh, uh, you were going to a funeral. And anyway, uh, um, um, and that's how it was, too. Like, uh. They always took care of me, man. My guys, they were family, man. Yeah, so they, they always, always took care of me. And, uh, yeah, so, hey, man, let's have some pizza. We're eating pizza, and all of a sudden, I look out the window, and I see... And, and the, the pizzeria is packed, right? There's and it's right on there. the main and road. And it's right on the main road. All of a sudden, I see a beat-up uh, Dotson pickup truck hauling ass, and all these DPD officers chasing it. Lights and sirens. And that's significant. That's significant because they have a very strict pursuit policy in Dillingham. Yes. A lot more strict than most departments. And they 
they don't pursue anything really. I mean, yeah, they, because, very rarely do they because they were trained. Chief Pascarello and his sergeants would train their people that hey, when you go on a pursuit, that is a the moment you turn on your red and blue lights, you are potentially using force against the community. So you need to be very restricted and. Mm-hmm. The only time you do it is when you absolutely have to, basically. And when you know you you're know, going after something. You know something. that you're going after something and that your actions are going to hopefully prevent that person from hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point, right? And so I see that and I'm like, oh, shit. So I turn on my radio. And they are heading I leave towards my, a And Lignigig. they're heading towards a Lichnigig. Which is your uh, Which is my village, which is... Nine out of ten times, if we get a call, it's going to be a Lechnigig because yeah. a Lechnigig didn't have VPSOs or VPO at that time. And uh, so, it's a good twenty. Yeah, it's mile a good drive. twenty-five, twenty-six mile drive out of town. And uh, it recently, in recent years, had been connected by a, a bridge because prior to that, you'd have to take a boat or fly mm-hmm. into it to get to a Lechnigig. So they had this bridge finally there. And thank you to the lawmakers and uh, the responsible people that made that happen. But anyway, uh, uh, I I look at the coach. I was like, man, I got to go. <laughs> and he agrees. Like, everyone knows. It's not like. He was still in uniform, too. You guys. Yeah, I'm still in work. uniform. It's not like I can just sit in this restaurant with all these people watching me. Mm-hmm. And I just turn my radio off, take my Stetson off, and then keep stuffing my face and ignore what's happening outside. We've done that before. And that's how. VPSO Madol got murdered. Right. People just We've done turned, that before. Their, turned their other cheek and were like, no, yeah, no, deal. I got other things. I got personal things to do. I'm off duty now. I'm heading home. I don't have to get involved in that. Mm-hmm. And I've always had Madol and Scott and Gabe on my mind the entire time. I've always had the Huna cops on my mind the whole time. I've always had the two Western Virginia troopers that were murdered. They've always been on my mind. Uh, you do the right you know, thing. You always do the right thing for these guys so that you can honor their memory and that you can uh, keep the promise that the department made to these families that we're going to prevent that from happening again mm-hmm. if, 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 we can, if, if we can make it happen, right? So now mind there's you, no excuse. There's not. And mind you, a quick reminder that Lewis brokered a deal for dispatch services with the understanding that troopers provide Dillingham PD with backup. And it's written That's contract. And it's written, a written in a contract. contract. That's key. So I go out, I get on the radio, and I say, what's, you know, essentially what's going on? What are they chasing? Dispatch asks, are you joining the pursuit? And so on, uh, it was Etheridge at the time. He gets on the radio. He's like, we're chasing Mary Tilden. Uh, think that she's got stolen guns. We think that she's got the stolen guns on her. And we think that she has an armed fugitive in there. It, it, they, who the passenger was, was a, which was Brito, it, it, we didn't know it was Brito at the time. We thought it was another accomplice who has shot at troopers before mm-hmm. and officers before and has injured people before, right? right. Has used deadly force before. And uh, Mary Tilden, who was the driver, had a felony warrant for her arrest. For burglaries. Mm-hmm. Multiple she, felony warrants. Multiple felony warrants. She has multiple uh, misdemeanor assault record, which means if she's, she has misdemeanor assault, that means they were actually felonies that were pled down. Right. Make she's, no mistake. she's not 
a newbie to the crime game. Let's just say that. And on top of that, she is she's a big girl. Uh, she menaces a lot of people. And she's been on the fly forever. It's not yeah, like we know where she stays. No one knows where she stays. She's always been on the run. Yeah. You know, the court ordered her to a family member's house. There was no way she was doing that. She's like, that heroin's too good. I'm not doing that. So I find out from DPD via cell phone radio that Tilden has been, they tried to stop her as soon as they detected her. There was a new officer there uh, who had just seen her. But in a stolen vehicle, by the way. She's in a stolen vehicle. She, As soon as she sees that the cops know, have identified her, she starts driving on sidewalks mm-hmm. by the AC store. Yep. Which is crowded with drugs and locals. And the Mecca. And AC, and the drugstore were all a triangle little area around for the three of those three stores. Yeah, the liquor store there. And it was stuff. all within a city block of one another. And I don't say drunks as a, a, a derogatory. It's just a fact that you'd have a lot of drunk individuals standing there because they, they were hanging out because it was a safe place for them to hang out until... That was the mecca of the city. That, yeah. was, that was where everyone hung out. Yeah, until Mary is barreling down at them in a on pickup the truck yeah. on the sidewalk. She then goes on to Wood River Road... And almost runs over a uh, 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 mentally disabled uh, individual. Mm-hmm. They report all this to me. Hey, man, are you joining in? Of course I'm joining in. You need help. They're requesting me to join in. Yep, more than one of them. So I start heading towards Aleknagik Road. When I get to Aleknagik Road, uh, I assume to Lake, yeah, Lake Road, we call Lake it, right? Lake Road, yeah. As I make my turn onto Lake Road, heading towards Aleknagik, the chief of police rolls up to me, pulls up right next to me. At the intersection. Stops me at the intersection and tells me again everything that I just said. Yep. Gave you another briefing. And says, look, I've got a new officer that was going to go with the sergeant to continue this pursuit. I'd rather have him stay here with me and you go Mm -hmm. so that we can catch this this maniac. I'm like, no problem. I'm on it. That's that's my village. That's my responsibility. I'm on call. We'll stop. That's her. working together 101. We head out, we do this pursuit. She is running people off the road. She drives into the village of Aleknagik, starts driving through the village, comes back out, uh ends up coming out of the village. At this point, when she's coming out, I'm I get there to that road. And then the at this point, that drive is so long, I had to pee. I actually had to stop and pee, which is funny. But anyway, uh, yeah, I get they, cl- they tried to clown you for that, and I was like, well, would you rather him pee his pants or yeah, stop and pee? Yeah. So anyway, this entire time, I'm wondering, why are we having radio difficulty? Oh, yeah. And uh, they, they, were, they couldn't, if they were more than a couple hundred feet from one another, you couldn't hear. We couldn't hear each other. We would hear cutting. Mm-hmm. And so now no one can really hear each other. Just really safe. In At a this point, I've already really called. Safe. I've already called dispatch and said, "Call my commander. Let him know what's going on." Commander knows. He texts me, and uh, I text him back, letting him know it's a felony. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, continue pursuit. Okay, here we go." Yeah. You, and this you is said during, continue. And this is within a 25, 26 mile range. Uh, eight, I think. No, I think twelve miles, 12 of, of, miles of it is blackout. There's no cell. 
coverage. At least, at least 8 to 10, if not 12 miles. Of so you don't have, uh, the only thing you have is radio. What we didn't know was that Wilson had ordered the primary repeater deactivated. The Wood River repeater. To save money. Yep. And he didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell any of the shareholders. He didn't tell... He didn't, didn't tell. tell uh, he didn't tell us. He didn't tell the Dillingham Police Department. He tell. He didn't tell the Alaska Wildlife Troopers that use it. He didn't tell EMS. Yeah, it was like it, EMS it, and fire. That's their. It, which was their primary means of communicating and dispatching ambulances to and from Aleknagik. Yeah. So Aleknagik, their uh, their means of communicating via radio with the hospital. That's all gone. Done. But because the guy who made the decision has never been stationed in Bush, Alaska, let alone been invested in a community like that, he would have never known. Yeah. But to Wilson, so, he saved he saved a grand, so he was doing really good. So in this pursuit, the pursuit ends up, we don't know at the time. You We're go just back and forth back a couple and forth. of times. It's, it's two hours. Twice. It's two-hour pursuit. One of the criticisms, that's a two-hour pursuit. The department has done six-hour pursuits. Yeah. Okay. We've had people go from Fairbanks to the Valley and vice yeah. versa. Don't, don't so, come so, at me with that. And so at one point, I make the decision. I call in uh, Cozy. I say, look, man, I know that uh, you've had experience with pit maneuver and stuff. and Because uh, he came from Virginia Police Department. Mm-hmm. That, that's the way I understood it. Virginia Beach, I believe. Virginia Beach Police Department. I said, Cozy, I need you to come out right now. Back me up. So he does. He and didn't I, do, even I do it through dispatch. He came out, man. That's what the brotherhood does, man. That's what family does. But he's also an army vet. And he's a good dude. Cozy. Yeah. Cozy, army, if you're listening to this, we love him, missing buddy. Ar- army vet. So he comes out. And he's we been won't in use of force situations. Vet, but, you know. yeah. <laughs> so he comes out and he um uh he joins the pursuit. The Dillingham Police Department only has one spike strip for the whole region. We've requested that equipment before, but Rick Roberts is like, uh, you don't need that equipment. If I've you, never been stationed out there, but you definitely don't need any of that equipment. If you look at his the picture right now that's listed up on the, the computer, if you're watching, if you're able to see, you can see that there are no... Uh, there's no push bumper. There's no push bumper. There's no side steps. There's no nothing. Lou requested all of that. And with the side steps, do you know what they told him to do? Go to NNN or AC or ACE and get a little step stool. Yeah, get a, no, he said get a bucket. Get a bucket. Yeah, get a get bucket. Get a bucket so people can have, you know, to be able to step in. No, no, uh, uh, just to clarify, it's not this vehicle for the side step. It was the, oh, uh, it was the lifted, it was the lifted expedition. Oh, it was when you yeah, had the yeah, lifted yeah, expedition. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that one. So anyway, um, but still no push bumper. Yeah, there's no, there's no equipment. Uh, My bad, I misspoke on that one particular. See, look, we can correct ourselves. <laughs> My bad. So. And I've shown the emails where Robert right. just doesn't give a shit. So anyway, uh, here we are. That whole standard with thing. Lack of equipment, lack of resources. Lack of being able to communicate. But we have an obligation to protect the citizens. 100%. We, have, uh, we can't just let her run wild. You would have empowered so, her and she would have gone on a rampage. She was and, already that was her plans. We have her, we have her cell phone video and her cell phone where she talks about how she's going to... They were working on somebody to come meet them and they were going to escape and they were going to just continue their, their rampage. So anyway, uh, uh, I make the decision we need to get her off the road this is something that i was trained with now colonel barlow brian barlow when he was in girdwood they had a pursuit with a uh 
it was a ready. It wasn't even a known felon. They had no idea who the person was. It was just a ready where the person was driving into oncoming traffic. Motorcycle? No, it was a car. Oh, the river. It was a car. And it's uh, uh, the articles out. I I sent it to the lawyers and stuff. Had we been able to make it to trial, we would have shown that article as part of our evidence. But Barlow ordered, uh, I believe it was uh, Trooper Lewis, to run the vehicle off the road. He got on the radio, said, look, we got to get this guy off the road right now. Mm -hmm. Rams him off the road. There was no pit training at the time. There's no policy for pit at the time. I, I I respect Barlow's decision as a sergeant. It worked. It got the person off the road. Granted, it ended up completely totaling uh, the trooper vehicle and the suspect's vehicle. But they resolved it safely. Barlow ends up getting promoted to lieutenant. I mean, hell, he's the he director was given, now. He was given, given an accolade, accolade for for, for making that decision of doing that particular maneuver when there was no SOP for it. There was no SOP for and there still wasn't an SOP. There still was not. As a matter of fact, uh, when we were in our pursuit, the only SOP that existed was in Palmer exclusively. It, it had was nothing exclusive to exclusive to the Matsu Valley. And no no other so it's not in the OPM because no other detachment would have access to mm-hmm. and Palmer's it specifically SOP stated that it was B for detachment only. for B detachment. For B detachment. It had nothing to do with C detachment or any other detachment. So so you're not allowed, just so everyone knows, just because there is a, a a policy for B detachment, it doesn't mean that A detachment, C detachment, D detachment, any other detachment is expected to follow that because that is specific only to them. So if anyone wanted to be like, well, you should have known. No, no, no that is specific for B detachment only. That does not count for these other communities because you're talking two very different animals. You're talking someone on the road system Versus compared someone to in someone Bush, in Alaska. Bush, Alaska. And that is a different animal. So... Here we are. We're in this pursuit now. We're going on two hours. And uh, uh, the um, things are getting... Uh, you got multiple officers. Yeah, you got multiple officers. You she's trying. Effort. She's trying to ram people off the road. Mm-hmm. She's uh, tried to run uh, citizens off the road. Uh, every time we get close enough to do something, she... Goes into the center of the road. She blows snow on us. She tries to ram us off the road. She's actively engaging in the use of force against us and the public. There is federal Supreme Court case law in our favor that says that this is more than enough to continue to pursue and to even use deadly force. More than enough. There's plenty of case law cited that justifies this, which is why... Even with all of the omissions of evidence and everything else by Chung Chan, uh, the uh, Office of uh, uh, Special Prosecutions never recommended anything criminal against me because they knew there was they all knew. this case law in my favor. And it, yeah. And so, so anyway, here we are in the pursuit. We're uh, uh, she's heading back to Electnagik now, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, we got to get this woman off the road, and. We're just looking for an opportunity. Instead of turning to Electnagik, she turns towards uh, the gravel pit um, off of a Fox, Fox Road. Foxville Fox, Road. Fox, I forget what it was called. Foxville Road, something like that. Yeah, I think it is Foxville Road. It is Foxville Road. So she's heading towards the gravel pit. Mm-hmm. Had she headed toward the village again, I think at that point, I would have had no choice but to shut off my lights and hope that everyone could hear me. Mm-hmm. And we were just going to have to stop. 
Because right. she was just going to keep going to the village, keep going to the village. Or we were going to have to figure She's out a way of ramming somebody. her yeah. or something else. So we get Foxville, uh, Foxville Road. I am convinced that in that Datsun with ball tires. What is it with those two pieces of shit? Two-wheel drive. If a heroin truck. addict is driving it, it's like it might as well be a Tesla. Yeah. It went, It never, it didn't bat an eye at any of the uh, weather conditions. conditions at all. So we're going to the gravel pit. I stop on the bridge because I don't have a push bumper. I have uh, Cozy and uh, uh, Etheridge uh, 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 take lead because they have the push bumpers. Mm-hmm. And this should end in the gravel pit right now. I am 100% convinced that she's going to foot bail like others do in that situation. She's going to jump out of the vehicle. We're good. Instead... She maintains traction, rams Colazar's vehicle. Cozy at that point is getting ready to fire his weapon, yep. but realizes that I'm in his background, so he doesn't want to hit me, so he doesn't take the shot. Mm-hmm. She rams his vehicle, cuts in front of Etheridge, and starts heading towards me. I am outside my vehicle because I was getting ready for foot pursuit. I'm parked on the on the highest point of this uh, little bridge so I can see the whole pursuit going and I can see which way she runs so I can yeah. start my pursuit and call out on the radio, say she's on foot, da-da-da. Instead, here she is barreling down towards me and I can see her in the vehicle. I can see her. I make eye contact with her. Right. Okay? And I was looking for that face of humanity that I've seen when I've been in the Gulf when I've been in Colombia, when I've been, you know, in, in combat in situations, situations, you know, deployed situations where, you know, I've seen, just for, this is for my veterans, because a, a lot of you that haven't served probably won't understand this. So this is for my veterans listening. When I was in the Gulf, when we went out there, it was right after 9-11, and I was like, man, we're going to get some payback. We'll kill some motherfuckers. We're going to make them pay for for doing what they did to the towers. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Queens, New York. In Woodhaven, I lived in the Wyckoff Apartments. We could see the towers from my roof. That's how we would spend our summers and New Year's Eve. You'd see the towers. You'd see the fireworks and stuff. And I remember when those towers went down, the anger and the frustration, and I couldn't wait to get deployed out there. Right. So we you get out there. For that, you know. Yeah, so we get out there. And it wasn't what I thought because we we get on those dows that were trying to run the line. Uh, it was an operation we were doing with SEALs, ourselves, with the British, with the Polish Grom, my tactical law enforcement team. We get on the boat. You take down the engineering room and uh, the bridge simultaneously. Then you take down the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. And when you point your gun in the enemy's face for the first time, and the look that they give you isn't the look that's in the movies of hatred or anything else. At the time, I didn't think of it much. But that look is the look of a person that is a fellow human being that thinks that they're right mm-hmm. for they're, what they're doing. Yeah. They feel that they're just as right as you are. Right. And had the tables been turned, we'd be that same look. 
But the one thing I saw, I could see the fear in their eyes. Mm. Is this guy going to kill me? Is this guy going to send me to Kuwait, which might as well kill him? Right. Because Kuwait was hanging anyone who was uh, in the position of authority on the Iraqi freighters or Iraqi dolls were immediately hung in Kuwait. Wow. So if you told them they were going to Kuwait, you would see it in their face. They You'd hear like, oh, them damn. screaming Shukra Habibi and begging you, and you would see that humanity. When I dealt with the FARC, the Colombian uh, guerrillas that were smuggling uh, cocaine, when we're doing the takedowns on those boats, and you got that 16-year-old that you got your gun pointed in their face. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't know their 16-year-old at the time. Right. And then you've got the 50-year-old fisherman that's with them. You got your gun pointed in their face. And they're screaming at you, tranquilo, tranquilo, peace, 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 chill, chill. Right. And you see that fear. You've got that humanity. You're no longer seeing that smuggler, that enemy of the United States. You're seeing a fellow human being. Right. And you're hoping that they're going to give you the opportunity to show mercy. Right. Because if they go active, I got to make it home to my family. Right? right. But if they make the decision to comply and surrender, then as a fellow human, obviously I'm going to acknowledge that. Because I'm not there to be judge, jury, and executioner. I'm just there to... Follow the rules and uh, the rules of engagement at the time and the laws that we're trying to enforce. Mary Tilden robbed me of that opportunity. Yep. As I'm staring at her, pleading with her to stop, she ain't stopping. I see her with her glasses. She bears down on the steering wheel and heads right towards me. I remember uh, at my employee conference, Green Street's like, I can't believe, I can't believe that. It's like, Andrew, you're a jellyfish. You've never been in a combat situation or shooting. You have no idea what combat looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, you have no business deciding what people see or don't see or what people experience or don't experience, right? right? Here she is coming at me. I'm pulling the, the slack out of, out of the trigger now. I have no choice. I'm going to have to take her life because mm -hmm. she's going to take mine. And she's going to hurt the people that are coming from uh, Dillingham right now chief and other officer and any other citizens that might find themselves going up that road because they were on their way is... with their with the spike strips again to try That's to right. stop her again so i remember i'm pulling the the slack out of the trigger and boom she hits the front of my vehicle knocks me to the ground i land on my arm i didn't realize at the time i retore my hernia i mean i got fucked mm -hmm. up yeah two hernias i get up I go to shoot. It's my shooting arm that's injured. Mm -hmm. I shoot, though. Apparently, I get the back of the vehicle. I get the back of her seat, but none of the rounds are penetrating. So they, nope. they yeah. laid a report that they thought I was hitting them with beanbag. Yeah. They were being hit, but it was right. the round was losing energy. I was using 40 cal. Uh, there's some believe that if I had 45 or higher, they'd be mm -hmm. dead. So, so, so just to but, clarify, as as they passed you and you reengage and they are going down the street, you're engaged with them on this because you know that there are people headed your way. That'd be the chief and the other DPD officer. And at this point, she's now shown you that she's willing to, to hurt kill. you. Well, she just used deadly force against me. Exactly. I'm more than justified, even if nobody was coming. Exactly. But, but all I can think of 
was that chief, the new officer. They hit it head on or something, you know. That she she has now escalated. Now she's in, I'm going to ram everyone mode. I'm not playing chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm actually physically going to hurt and kill people. Because yeah. we're not humans to her anymore. Mm-hmm. So she turns around. Uh, she hits. I thought I had continuity of fire. I didn't. But I shoot. She keeps going. The guys, I remember, it broke my heart. Uh, Rodney at that point, Etheridge, the sergeant at the time, uh, he's no longer with uh, the department, sadly, but he uh, he remembers saying, and Lou, I thought you were dead because I saw you go down and you mm-hmm. didn't come back up. So I popped my shotgun and I was ready to, mm-hmm. he says, I, I was ready to engage because uh, I thought you were dead. And, uh, and, and, and both Rodney Etheridge and Colazar, who were in bigger vehicles than yours, yeah. were able to get by you yeah, that's on true. the road. Just to, right. just to point that out, because that detail does become important later, that they were able to get by you just like she was. She chose to ram you. Yeah, there was plenty of room for her. There was her. plenty of room she for everyone to, to get around. The reason they slowed down was because they... They finally, at, they were waiting to see if I was going to get up exactly. or not because they wanted to see whether or not one of them had to stop to render assistance for exactly. me. Exactly. Did you need aid or not? I get up, jump in my vehicle. I back up, roll, making sure that the vehicle still runs. I turn around and I rejoin the pursuit. At this point, uh, Cozy had uh, rammed her off the road and uh, they brought the pursuit to an end. I remember that running up there and yelling at them, yo, man, I thought I killed you. Mm-hmm. You know, why'd you do that? You know, why'd you try to kill me? And I remember all she said was, sorry, just really yeah, nonchalant. Sorry, nonchalant. sorry. And uh, so we, uh, that happens. And I remember I called you. Mm-hmm. I called you and I told you that uh, I'd been in the shooting. And I thought you were calling to check on me because I had just landed in Anchorage from the slope and I was had to head to my sister's house to go pick up some stuff that I had to have overnighted for one of my best friends who had passed away. We were doing her celebration of life. And I get to my sister's house and this particular sister has usually quite a few people. She had an entourage. You know who you are. You have an entourage. Um, there was a, several people at her house and you called, and I remember picking up the phone, and I was like, hey, baby, I'm at my sister's house. Da, da, da. And you just were like, babe, I was just in a shooting. I'm okay. But you just, you repeated the same sentence, like, four times in a row. And I remember where I was at the house my sister lived in at the time. I just fell against the wall, and I just slid down to the floor. And at that point, I just like put my head down with my, my, my head was on this ear, my, my ear to my phone to the, my ear. And I was doing this because I was trying and my sister like shushed everyone up. She kind of got everyone to go away. And I was like, tell me you're okay again. I was like, just tell me you're okay. And you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then Cozy took the phone from you and he promised me, he goes, I got him. And I was like, you do? I was like, are you sure? And he said, Amy, I promise you, I got him. 
And I was like, okay, well, of course I had forgotten my charger. I'm in a rental car. There's no charger in rental cars. So I'm like going to gas station to gas station because it's late at night. And I'm trying to find a freaking phone charger so that I can charge my phone in case you call me again. Because, you know, I need to, I need to hear your voice. I need to hear that you're okay. I had no idea what the circumstances were. All I knew is that you had been in a shooting and that you were okay. And you were like, and you said, you need to know, I'm not going to be able to be on my phone. Like, cause you had to go do the blood work and the piss test and the, and get checked out all for my get injuries. The checked out from your injuries and, and all that other stuff. And, and it was, and it was terrifying. It was terrifying because, A, I wasn't in town. I'm not able to go to the hospital and wait with you. I'm not able to immediately just get home. It's not like I could just drive home. It's a plane ride, not to mention I'm supposed to be in town to say goodbye to a friend of mine that I adored for many, many years. And now I'm in this conflict of, do I do I just go home? Do I go to this celebration of life? Like, what do I do? I had just left the slope. I was supposed to return to the slope after the celebration of life. There were so many different variables. And for the, for the families, for the spouses, for, for the girlfriends that aren't married yet, but you're still very much invested, for, for all of those people, your brain, no matter how hard you try goes into another multiverse. And yes, I use that word specifically for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you start imagining things and you start coming up with all these scenarios in your head. He told me he's okay, but he's really not. Like he's really shot, but he doesn't want me to know. Like I didn't realize you were the one that had shot. I thought someone had shot at you at first. Like that was my initial thought was someone shot at you, not that you had shot at them. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know. And to have to do all of that by telephone, I wasn't able to get home to you for a couple of days. Right. And to have that stress and to have that worry was intense. And it was a lot. And for any spouse that is listening to this, whether you be married or not, and you are in a relationship with someone in this type of life, whether it be military, whether it be private contractor overseas, whether it be law enforcement, firefighters, what have you, and your spouse, every time your spouse leaves their home that day and you don't know if they're coming home, there is its own weight, its own strife, its own things that we hold on to. That we don't tell you about because you have the same thing in your own bucket. That's in our bucket. That's in our well that we're dealing with. Your guys's is in your own. And all of us don't want to put that on you because how could we? You have enough stuff that you need to worry about. You don't need to worry about me worrying about you, worrying about me, worrying about you. You mm. know, and you can spin it all day long, but you can't help it. You can't. You can't help but worry. You can't help but but be stressed out about it. And then it happens. And, and nothing you can do can prepare you for that moment, for that phone call. And I'm, I'm blessed beyond blessed that the phone call you gave me was what you gave me, that you were okay. Because there's a lot of people 
who haven't got that phone call. There's a lot of people who got, I can't imagine Scott's wife. Can't even imagine that. Gabe's girlfriend. Tage's wife. Mel Nading's wife. Madol. All of those people who didn't get to get the phone call that I got, that you were okay. That is a weight that they carry with them all day, every day. Is that phone call going to be the phone call? And granted, we all know most of the time it's not a phone call. It's someone that shows up, yada, yada, yada. I digress. But that's what you carry with you. And we do it willingly because we love you. Because we adore you. We know that this is your passion. We know that this is your calling. And we know that as the spouse, that is what we take on as the spouse. And we do it most of us, without calling attention to ourselves, without making it about us. Hell, I had people reach out to me that were like, yo, are, are, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. Nothing happened to me. Why are you guys even asking me if I'm fine? And if I look back on it, I should have been like, you know what? I'm okay right now. But it's because I've placed this in a very secure box in my brain that I'm only allowing certain things to, you know, access this box. Because, again, it wasn't about me. It was about you. But it was about me in a little bit of ways. I'm the wife. I'm the girlfriend. I'm the the spouse. And I got that phone call and it changed everything. I've been a dispatcher for a long time. For those that don't know my backstory, I started off at 9G Base dispatching EMS, fire, Palmer Police. I went and dispatched medical helicopters and planes, went to troopers, dispatched at MATCOM. I was there, so I can attest to a lot of the things going on there. First-hand knowledge. And then I went up to the slope where I'm at now, where I have a beautiful, wonderful job there. I've been in the dispatch world. You would think as a dispatcher who's been the dispatcher when people don't talk back to you ever again, that, you know, you'd be prepared for it. You, you're not. You're not. And I think the thing that breaks my heart the most about everything that happened with all of this was now going through that, being the sergeant's wife, knowing that if this situation would have been anybody else under your command... You and I would have been there every single day. I'd have been checking on the wife. You'd have been checking on the trooper. We would have done everything that we could have to make sure you are okay. The only time we ever heard from your lieutenant or your captain was if they were going to bitch at us for something. They gave dick for response and being there for you. All they wanted to do was criticize. None of them reached out to make sure that you were okay in the manner that they should have. Sure, there might have been a text, you good? You 1060? Fuck off. You did not respond the way you should have responded. And you know it. But that's what happens when You know, they decide, well, we don't like you, so we're not going to do what we're supposed to. And they should have. They should have responded better. If that would have been any of your guys, you wouldn't have left their side. I'd I'd have been there for the wife, even if I didn't know him that well. I'd have been going, I know you don't know me very well, but you know what? Let's crack open this bottle of wine. Let's talk about it. Let's have a cup of tea. Let's, you know, 
I know when I'm frustrated, I rage cook, which you usually don't argue about. You Sometimes I think you make me pissed off just so I rage cook, but <laughs> there's that. But they didn't respond. They criticized. And that, that is not leadership. That is piss poor management, and you know it. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, I ended up, uh, even after they claimed that I wasn't injured, and by the grace of God, the Workmen's Comp Board ruled in our favor, which is documentation. I was injured on that night, and I have the scars to prove it. Here's the yeah, surgery scars. It's uh, kind of hard to see. There's one yeah. right here. There's another yeah. one over here. here. Let me uh, go with the overview. Might be able to see it a little bit better. I don't know. But, like yeah. If you reach forward, there's yeah. a scar here. You know, um, it's a, uh, but, uh, you anyway. know, the hernia scars, everything. And I remember uh, the day after my uh, my surgery. Oh. Or the day of my surgery, right? Your hernia surgery. Yeah. What happened? Because your mesh had failed. Um, and they'd had to repair your stuff. And it was, again, proven that this was all work-related injuries from this. Um from we, this attempted murder. From this that attempted murder. To a, 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 a felony eluding with yeah. the Rule 11. Mm-hmm. Um, we received notification the day of Lou's surgery. He wasn't even out of surgery yet. When we received the notice, because we had been fighting with them, because we skipped a gigantic chunk here um, of time. Yeah. But... He was having finally having surgery, repairing this hernia, and we received notice from, at the time, Colonel Brinke that we were to vacate our home. We were essentially being evicted mm-hmm. when he wasn't even out of anesthesia yet. And them going, we need to know the date that you're going to be out of this house. And I went, I don't have an answer for you because his doctor has to clear him. And they're like, well, that's not going to work for us. Well, sorry. You're as useless as tits on a board because I cannot tell you something without Lou's doctor telling us when we can do this. It's not like we can just leave everything in Dillingham like it didn't matter and just, you know, stay in the valley. They literally tried to evict us while you were under under anesthesia. And I was able to go, stop, just freaking stop. We will answer you when we are cleared from the doctor. And that that just gives a taste of the management that we were dealing with. Yep. That was the type of people we were dealing with. Not someone going, wow, Lou's had surgery today. Maybe, just maybe, I should check in on him and make sure that he's doing okay. Nope, it's when can you get out of that house? You shouldn't be there anymore. You know, it was funny. Uh, oh, they make me angry. I mean, under Doug Massey, when he was president of the union, the union was just atrocious. But the one thing that was working, and I think that was credit to Bubba Cox when he was president, yeah. was the PORAC insurance. Oh, that's right. We wanted to talk about PORAC. Yeah, and the yeah. PORAC, uh, which is the insurance uh, for, in particular for use of force situations, that was solid. I mean, I had an attorney representing me within minutes yeah. of me calling them for the shooting because mm-hmm. I called you and then I called Porak. 
Yep. And uh, uh, and they were fantastic. And I called my rep too. But, if uh, anyone uh, is questioning Porak. being a part of that, Porak is the best Porak, money you'll yeah. ever spend. I mean, you still need to hold the union accountable. And, you know, like I said, you know, obviously I'm, I'm aware of uh, some of the shady dealings that happened with uh, Doug Massey and them. But please don't don't completely cripple or don't completely lose hope in the entire mm -hmm. union because uh, PSEA, uh, that PORAC is probably the best thing that ever happened because uh, that prevented Chung Chan and uh, uh, um, and Dale and other bad players in this from doing, uh, Wilson and Roberts, from doing great harm to me. Right, because they uh, wanted to go after you criminally. Yeah, and it, it wasn't going to happen. Even though you and, were cleared on multiple yeah. on multiple platforms, yeah, you so, were cleared. So it, 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 I, I do speak up about that. Porak is probably the best thing you could ever have with the union. You need to keep that. Um, here's, here's the I, one I, thing I will that... Say, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the one thing that I will discuss because I was never part of that PSEA union, the part of union that I was once associated with, I'm also not a fan of, but I, it is flabbergasting to me, like absolutely boggles my mind that as a union, when you are a union member in good standing, up to date on dues, have been doing your thing up until this point, that they have the option whether to represent you or not. Mm -hmm. Unless you have done something criminally or so just egregious. You know, like you covered yourself in peanut butter and you went and ran around town or something. I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. if, if you are a, a member in good standing up to date on dues you should not have the option to not represent someone and don't come at me with this oh well there's people who would go after a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't matter da, da, da. bullshit bullshit there is not that many people and especially within this particular group when you're talking about people within the law enforcement, law enforcement community that are out there doing, I mean, we all know there's people out there doing stupid stuff. Huh? Mm -hmm. We brought up a couple examples. But you shouldn't even have the option. The fact that you are given the option, that they are given the option to represent you or not is so back asswards and asinine. And that is a complete example of them being able to discriminate mm -hmm. pick favorites only cover their buddies that they like and oh you know we really don't like that guy so you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna and don't tell me that it's all in the open and da 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 no it's not we're not privy to all of those meetings that you guys as the board nope. have and all that other stuff that what you guys talk about behind closed doors what that PSEA union president told this other person that promised this other person that, hey, if we just did this, blah, blah, blah. Don't tell me that's not happening. Mm -hmm. We've proven it. We've proven that that stuff is going on. Everyone involved nefariously in the case with me were all promoted. They're all lieutenants and above. Yep. Right now. All of them were promoted. Coincidence, though, right? All of them promoted. Mm, weird. So, you know, weird that you were supposed to go to SPI under Cockrell's administration. You were slated to go to SPI. And then 
weird that all of a sudden when you were supposed to go, oh, there's not the funding for it. But then, wow, someone went to that in your spot who just happened to do the investigation against you. Yeah. But that's not nefarious at all. You know, it it is what it is, you know. uh, Y'all are going to, you all made your beds. And just because mm -hmm. we happen to be exposing them, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, we'll have uh, uh, we'll have some guests on here soon uh, um, that I, I suspect is going to make some people uncomfortable, and I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, it's the thing is though, the people that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. are the ones that are scared because they know they're the problem. Well, they're the problem, and they know we know. Mm-hmm. They know we know. You know that I witnessed some of the things that you have done. You know that you have witnessed and been a product of some of the poor decision making that people have made. You are you weren't the product of it, but you got to bear witness to it. We are talking about things. We are talking about people that are involved in issues. Our goal in this podcast is to talk about the issues. Now, if you are a problem of that issue, if you antagonize that issue, if you do nothing to change that issue, if you make it worse, if you are the reason for that issue, we're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to say your name. Now, our goal is to talk about the issues so that hopefully some of these things Don't happen never again. happen to somebody else again. But if you associated with them, the gloves are off. You guys have done a really good job to try to beat him and I down as far as you could. But we still stand in, Mother Truckers. Well, And we're going to talk about it. The happiest moment of my life <laughs> was marrying you. I think and I said something dirty to you, and that's why we I, were laughing. I think so. <laughs> Which and, is also um, very true of us. But, you know, uh, one of the heartbreaking things, this is how personal they made it. The mm-hmm. first thing they did was uh, they sent my subordinate, my direct report to the house mm-hmm. to seize my gun belt, my credentials. This was uh, for the AI portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this after Cockrell had left and it was Brinky. Yeah. Brinky and Wilson. So they sent... I'm going to summarize it real report. quick just yeah. so it makes a little bit of sense. So everything was fine. His shooting was November 2016. The case got pled out March 2017. And then we get to the summertime of 2017. There's now been, a, for lack of a better term, a regime change because Cockrell retired and now Brinky's been promoted. And now all of a sudden there's an AI against you in mm-hmm. regards to that case. So everything had was fine and then it wasn't fine. So they sent a subordinate to the house to do this. For anyone that's wondering why that's significant, you never send a subordinate for that. It is always a commanding officer above the rank that you hold. If Lou was a captain, it should have been a colonel. If the Lou major was a, the or major, you know, if you were a lieutenant, it should be your captain. It should never be the people that work for you. But being in the village, they're like, well, we don't want to fly out there. They'll so fly out for anything else. They'll fly out for coffee with cops that we put together, that we went to everyone, got mm-hmm. everything donated because they told us we weren't allowed to spend a dime. We mm-hmm. were very much told we weren't allowed to spend they a flew, dime. They flew out to take credit when I set up the Togiak and the Selowick mm-hmm. post. 
they flew out for that, but they couldn't fly out to get your Mm -hmm. credentials. They sent a subordinate for that. And that's the type of stuff. Those are the little fuck yous that are not little, but they see like that trooper is in my living room. Upset. Crying. Telling me I'm not going to do this. There's no way I'm doing this. Screw them. I'm not, I'm not seizing your stuff. This is wrong. And I had to beg him, look, they will, they will fuck you up if you don't follow their orders. You have to do it. I know it's not you. It's not personal. Here's all my stuff. And they knew I got married in that tunic. And they knew that that tunic was a gift to me from a retired commissioner who believed and in me and promoted me. Per the and OPM. They, and per the OPM, if it's gifted to you. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to keep it. Keep it. And they seized it because they knew that that was the last fuck you. They they, they that would that not drop it. Brinky would not drop it and made you give that tunic up. The one that we got married in. Yeah. All of our photos and everything are in. You know. And it's and it's things like that. Like they we, think we that they got away with they think stuff, that they got away but, with this stuff. They think Rick uh what's his name? Rob French thinks that he got away with his his nonsense. Brinky got terminated. So Garrett Willis went down. And it's only a matter of time before Rob French goes down. I don't think he knows that I'm very much aware of a female senior trooper that we are close friends with on her last day at work, her last day after serving this department 15 plus years years with courage, with courage and sacrifice. It's at her fucking going away retirement service. And they call her into Brinky's office. This is when Brinky was captain of... When Brinky was captain of B Detachment. And order her to strip down in front of them. Strip down to her fucking shorts in front of them. Because they need all of her equipment in her uniform before she leaves. She was not allowed to drive home. She was not allowed to drive home and just bring the uniform back. And French, you piece of shit, you were right there. You're just as guilty as the guy who ordered it because you had an obligation to stand up up to her, stand up for her. Mm -hmm. If you won't, who will? What if that was your daughter? fucking coward. If that would have been my daughter, I promise you, you'd be fucking spitting your teeth out what's left of them. The two of you would just now be waking up at Matsu... uh, at Matsu Hospital from your fucking comas, if that would have been my daughter. And you fucking did that? And you idiot. Do you know who her dad is? Do you know how lucky you are to still be breathing right now? You think that you could hide at Anchorage JS, you piece of shit? You're going down, bro. In this life or the next life, you're going down because people are going to know what you did. People are going to hold you accountable. I promise. Please don't, please, please don't come up with some excuse of, well, the cap, I don't care. You are. No, you had an obligation to stop. And every other person who has ever retired has been afforded the ability to A, go home, change, and bring their shit back, 
or you tell them, hey, we need you to turn your stuff in at the end of the day, so make sure that you come dressed in civvies or something. But I believe she had a, to like be available that day because they worked her to the bone. When she reported it to Brittany Patsky, Miss See You Next Tuesday, what'd she do? Sorry. Yeah, that sucks. It sucks. This guy's about to be colonel. There ain't nothing I'm doing about it. They did nothing. They did nothing. Talk about hum- not just humiliation. That is the fact that someone who you've worked alongside, that lieutenant, you've worked alongside them. They were supposed to have your back. And that was kind of my whole point with like talking about how your lieutenant and your captain did not have your back. They didn't check on us. They didn't anything. Um, it's you are over supposed and over to and be over. there yeah. for your people. You are supposed to be the voice to stand up for them. You are the one who should have said, whoa, time out. Hey, if this is a big thing, you know what? How about I just follow this particular trooper home and I'll get it from her once we get home? Or anything other than what you allowed it's to happen. It's because he's so worried about... His retirement and his retirement check because, you know, whatever decisions, poor decisions he made financially, that's not an excuse. Or it doesn't matter you, what it is. That badge and that oath you took was to protect the people that you serve, which includes your subordinates. Exactly. You know, and that's not the first time he's done stupid shit like this. When I was at JS, I removed a bully I removed a bully that had been bullying all of the other CSOs and the court staff. I noted it in their evaluation. I even got, by miracle, I got consent and approval from Patsky and from Casanovas to rate this person appropriately where they could never get away with what they did. It was full documentation. Mm -hmm. The moment I transferred out of that unit, French is jellyfish, accommodating ass, reverted everything and put this person back in a position of authority to terrorize all 26 employees again that's the type of person that he is that's the type of person that we're promoting and that's the type of person that is causing good troopers good court service officers good fire marshals good wildlife troopers to leave the agency yeah that's what's causing stand up for your people you think that we have people that are exiting the law enforcement career left and right, you know, because they don't have that support. They don't have that camaraderie. You might a little the bit. Spouses here and there. don't have it. That trooper spouse that's beaten, beaten by her husband, who's a trooper right now. She has no, she has no defense. She has no advocate. Yeah. What she gonna do? Call French? 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 French will probably help hit her. Oh. You know what? I'm so pissed at these sons of bitches right now. If you do nothing. You might as well have taken the swing. There's, there's truth to be said there. If you you had no problem arresting a stranger for doing that, a person with a badge that does that should be this held to a higher this standard. The 50s. We're not we're not back in the 1950s. Enough already. Enough. You know, like enough. People know I get mad, man, and I get passionate about this stuff. Let me tell you something. If I could do it, if I could be king of the world i would authorize the slapping in the face of all these idiots man because you can't punch them because punches are reserved for men i would open hand slap some of these guys 
all of them actually i would just open hands pimp slap them because they don't deserve the uniform that they wear they don't deserve the badges that they wear there's good troopers good cso's there are good amazing. fire marshals there's airport and fire that are still being screwed over by uh illegal immoral contracts that should be paid the same as troopers mm -hmm. For fuck's sake, a fire, uh, an airport, uh, airport fire uh, police officer goes through two of the toughest academies the state has to offer, not one, two, and we still pay them range 74, 75, they, they should be at least 77s, they should be the same as a trooper, but we don't because we shit on them. Yeah. I, I'm done with it. But, you know, on a positive note, on a positive note, because we need to end this on a positive note. We do. I am so happy that you stayed by my side through all this. Wouldn't go anywhere else. And I'm really happy that we were able to figure out who our friends were. You know, and... You know, your friends are the ones that go through hell with you. And come out with you, walking hand in hand at the other yeah. side. And, and you know who you are. Yeah. You know who you are. And I could never thank you, those people that that never wavered that know that we are we're not on some crusade we are not you know out to tarnish all these good people well if you didn't do anything wrong guess what you've got nothing to worry about but if you've fucked up look the gloves are off and and i and again i want to i want to i don't even want to pay much homage to any of those people or any of that stuff the the true people in your life the people who know who you are, who know your character, who know your heart, they're always going to be there with you. And we were so lucky and blessed that we have so many of you that so many people never, ever get to have that amount of people walking hand in hand with them. But we do. And and it's because of all of you that that we are where we are right now that we have the support to continue to go forward with this we knew going forward with this that not everyone was going to agree with us big surprise i'm okay with it i don't care i don't care the state's going to continue to try to come after us for little things i don't care but look i'm pretty but the r is silent <laughs> well it's funny because i had this art commissioned thinking of you and all of the strong spouses that stand behind the guys in uniform mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the guys and gals in uniform. And so I thought about this when I had this commissioned, uh, this artwork here. And, you know, I even threw your tattoo in there. But uh, this represents every strong woman I know from my mother, my grandmother, my Aunt Sylvia and you. And... Uh, the, Still uh, with unrealistic body standards. No, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, uh, if people want the shirt, we've got it available on our website. They can go to uh, AgesComicsAlaska.com. That's AgesComicsAlaska.com, and they can pick up one of these shirts uh, to support this podcast, support this message. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'd also like to, on a positive note, if there is somebody that you'd like us to recognize for their heroism and for their yes. sacrifice, please DM us with their story, because I can assure you, there's more good than there there's is. There's more bad good out there. than bad. We out just there. happen to be bringing up all the bad motherfuckers. 
and, and not know, like a badass. I'm not bad. It's cause it's cause it's cause uh you know they they've been able to hide in the shadows for a right. while and, and think they were going to get away with it long with enough. You think that nothing's ever going to happen. And I wasn't allowed to say anything. We weren't allowed to talk while we the weren't. lawsuit was going. We so weren't. hey, so, it, if you guys are pissed off. You guys that are the villains and all this that are pissed off that we're talking, you need to talk to the state about that, man. And you need to talk to Judge Ray and them because there's the green light now. Yeah, they green lit us on that. Yeah. Um, here's here's what I want to end this with on my end. Um, I have watched, you know, sitting beside you from the sidelines next to you, everything. I have watched you go through what no one should have to go through and so many injustices. I've watched you be discriminated against. I have watched you be treated so poorly. I've watched you be treated like a criminal when you have done nothing wrong. Um, and you have through all of these years maintained your giving heart, your servant's heart, your conviction of faith. And there's a lot of people who wouldn't be able to do that. A lot of people would have just said, fuck it and given up on, having a life for themselves or being invested in their community or their family. And you have not given up on any of that. You continue to give, you continue to love and you continue to promote healing and good and all of those things that are associated with that. And I am blessed to be married to you and to watch you and to watch you come to the other side of this. And I'm thankful that you are now able to tell your story because everyone's made a lot of assumptions on a lot of false information, not knowing the story. Y'all weren't there. You didn't live it. You don't know, but now you're going to know. And it's going to take us a while to get the whole story out. It's a long, it's been years in the making. Mm -hmm. It's not like we can just say it in one podcast. So now you all know what happened on the 16th of November. 2016. Now you all know what happened that day. Next time, hopefully we'll be able to talk about all the things that were done wrong with the investigation by the investigators, the things, the evidence that was repressed and the fallout after a particular colonel retired. Yeah, and, and, and the you know, other the, the IAs that is, happened, yeah. you know, the retaliation and, and all of those other things. But, but I also you, want to talk about... a. Uh, uh, what we need to do to fix that situation and there has how to do be, we yeah. and how do we protect the good the good ones in uniform that, that is are the goal with this podcast is to get to that point where we say okay here's where we've exposed all of these these things now let's talk about mending let's talk about fixing and let's talk about not letting that happen again yep. because that was the goal the goal is to make sure this doesn't happen to somebody else and mm-hmm. i am proud of you for continuing to stand up for what's right, even when people want to cowardly, you know, stand behind some, you know, fake name and all this other stuff and try to say something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you can't get upset with lesser people like no. that. So, but uh, um, final note. I love you, uh, for, just so you know. I love you, you too. Wondering. I love you a lot. The guys out there that are struggling with uh, PTSD, struggling with stress, have thought about suicide, uh, are my veterans that are uh, uh, it. looking for help? Hit me up. Put I, an end I, to veterans I have established some strong links with the VA and uh, here to help. Um, I can guide you through the bulk of the VA process, your ratings, everything else, I getting promise. you your VA card, uh, getting you help. Uh, 
and what the resources are out here, you uh, may you'd be think shocked. Of it, you may think of it that it's weakness going to get help, but honestly, yeah. it is the most, it's the strongest thing you can do, yeah. which is going to get help. And I hate that the stigma has flipped that. But truly, honestly, the best you can do for yourself and your family is going and seeking out that help. And we are always available day or night. We will help get you in contact with the people that you need to be in contact with. Mm-hmm. For whatever the case may be, you're struggling. Maybe you're not suicidal, but you're just struggling and you are really having a hard time. Reach out to us. Yep. Let us help. We, we've we been through this road. We, trust me, our road doesn't just have sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns. There are a lot of dark places a lot of, you know, creepy forests that we had to get through and a lot of really dark times that we had to get through. So we know and we will help. And we will never, ever question it. Ever. No. Say you need help, got you. That's we it. We got you. Done. Anyway, I love so you So you're not lot. by yourself. We love you guys. Love you guys. Thank you. Love and you, mean it. All right. Make good choices. Take care. No, really, make good choices. You just listened to the Aegis Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.aegiscomicsalaska.com.